Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Tonight, we're going to do a plot drift with Lady Holder. Um, okay. Um, uh, before we get started, I want to say today was the last day of the um, Quantum Bang. Um, congratulations to everybody who participated. Um, I'm super... Uh, I'm super proud of all of you. Uh, it was really awesome. We got 1.9 million words of fic into the fandom. You're welcome. You are welcome. 28 novel-length fanfictions hit the deck in 14 days. How crazy is that? For those of you who have not um, done your um, either your submission to AO3 to get... like. We have a collection on AO3, so if you host on AO3, you can just add yourself to the collection. But if you don't host on AO3 and you do want to be in the collection, we can do a bookmark for you. Just let us know. We'll either bookmark to Quantum Bang or bookmark to the side of your choice. Up to you. Um, <clears throat> I had popcorn before the podcast started. And I got a piece of popcorn stuck in my te teeth. It's, it's, it's an agony. It's actual. It's like... No, it's not agony. It's an annoyance. A words, different meanings. Okay. <clears throat> Let's get going. Where is the podcast chat? There is the podcast chat. Gonna get Lady Holder on the phone. Not the phone, because we don't use the phone anymore. <laughs> we are phoneless. Hello, Lady Holder. Hello. Am I live? You are. You are. Awesome. Craig is recording. Um, uh, hello, Craig. Hello, everybody else. So tonight we're going to do a plot drift. And the plot drift is, is that at the expedition, the Atlantis expedition, Stargate, Stargate Atlantis, um, gets a new leader. And the leader is up to us. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Because the first person I picked was Daniel. <laughs> okay. Yep. So, so talk to us about Daniel Jackson being in charge of the Atlantis expedition. It's a um it's about the same time that that things weren't going all that great in the Milky Way and the SGC and Jack had fucked off to um Washington and why not? I mean, it's a, it's a change of scenery. It's it's you know a whole new uh, uh, galaxy with all new things to to um, explore, and it's not really shown in the the series, which kind of is stupid in a way. But you know, Daniel is he is not the um, archaeology department and anthropology department and linguistics department. But he's one of the people who honestly is senior to just about everybody in that department. So I've always had him as being, you know, the lead of those departments, basically the, the number one civilian in the mountain. So having him run as the number one civilian, Atlantis, not that big of a stretch. Mm -hmm. He's also, um, he was on the front lines for years. You know, he's so not going to be... Okay, so Jack's in Washington. Mm -hmm. um, what season of Atlantis is, is this? Season, might as well do season two. 
Elizabeth gets replaced because, you know, Wraith. You know, she's she's not going to be the um, leader because she's got no experience with war. Yeah, she's had a year out there, but, you know, she's still hobbled them a number of different times because of stuff. And um, some of her, her, some of her decisions, some of the decisions that were allowed by her were deeply doubtful. And um, Daniel, for the most part, has some pretty good iron ethics. So, you know, it's, to me, it seems like a good choice. So, okay. Now, in the canon of Stargate Atlantis, mm-hmm. Weir goes to bat to keep John in mm-hmm. control of the military and gets him promoted. Um, right. If the IOA is all in on replacing her the moment she steps foot on Earth, what's that say for John's career? I don't. What know. happens to John? Well, tell me. That's it's your plot drift. I, I, I <laughs> didn't actually think about this. I, I, my day was a little bit different today. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, she's a diehard pantser. So, well, there's a thought. So that's like that, that's the mid-season um, break, isn't it? Where the Wraith get to Earth? No, that's um, well. This is where I get break out my um, stuff. Okay, so I'm with Steel Grace. Um, John did Wait. indeed. Go one, ahead. one second. What I would say for those of you who are new to the plot drift process um, is that um, be careful with your suggestions and your questions. And if it gets dismissed, um, don't go all in on trying to make um, the plotter adhere to your idea. This is her plot, not yours. So just FYI for those of you who are new to this thing in a live setting. I'm sure some of you have listened to those on that are in the archive. But um, yeah, your suggestions are welcome. But don't, um, don't get married to it and try to make us be your sister wife. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Please God, no. I'm not that close to some of y'all. <laughs> okay, go on. Um... And Jilly, that's actually, it looks like at the end of season two, um, start of season three. Um, looking at season two, um, I think there's a couple different areas where, where you could basically pull Weir out um, because of stuff that happened. Um, conversion is one because of, of it was under her leadership that Carson just, you know, fucked up and it would pull him too. Well, conversion is the one where John gets turned into a bug. Yes, mostly. Okay, he gets turned into a bug because he gets exposed to the retrovirus that dude is making to keep that Wraith Queen under control. Yep. 
So that's not really Carson's fuck up. What he does after the fact, after he gets access to that retrovirus and what he does on Hoff, that is definitely his fuck up. But, you know, as much as I don't like Carson's ethics, that's not his fuck up. Maybe they should have done a better job of cleaning up that erratus bite, but how could they possibly have known that it would lead to that? Hmm. But they didn't even know what it was at the time. Point. They, they wouldn't find out till much, much later that the Erratus was actually the origin of the race. In fact, we don't find out in canon that the ancients made the race out of uh, Erratus' ancient baby um, until the books, after, you know, post-season, well, post-series. Yeah, that, that, that pissed me off because that, that's some cold-blooded son of a bitching there. Right? <laughs> I love that phrase, cold-blooded sons of, son of bitching. I'm putting that in my lexicon immediately. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I, I do think I want it sometime in season two just to see if I can avoid Michael. Okay. Well, the Michael um, incident could be the Epidus. Mm. Or Weir and Carson pushing it to make John and military oh. and... John saying, hell no, I'm not bringing a race onto the city. Fuck you. What? No. Um, and the IOA sides with John. They could always send uh, Daniel out to just nose around and be the semi-absent-minded genius that he so accurately portrays and just have him look around. Yeah. You know, he, where is this? <laughs> Your uh, Melody, that is correct. Give a mostly unbiased report because Carson wants, he wants to cure the wraith. Um, Liz fears the wraith. John just wants to kill the wraith. And I honestly, I'm pretty sure uh, Rodney does as well. And, that's not even counting what Taylor and Ronan want to do to the Wraith. So, you know, that's um, getting about as unbiased a report as you can get. Who, who are you going to go for? I mean, Woolsey would put everybody's backup immediately because he's IOA and everybody knows it. Um, no, Daniel had not been to Atlantis by that point, I believe, Ed. So he, he'd, be good, he'd be a good person to send. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't look yeah. like he's not much of a threat. He doesn't look like one when he wants to. I mean, right? Elizabeth wouldn't consider him a threat. No, and neither would Carson. Yeah, he worked with her when she was, you know, working as the boss of the SG uh, SGC. You know, he he, in a lot of ways, bowed to her authority and didn't. Um, didn't make a great deal of waves. Carter made mo most of the waves. So if they sent Carter, that would get Liz's backup, Weir's backup immediately. Daniel, not so much. Mm, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, poking through here, poking through there, listening, you know, sitting in the mess, you know, uh, <laughs> semi-obviously reading a book and actually listening to the gossip because nobody seems to not gossip at, when they're eating. 
I mean, well, the other side of it is, is that they will be totally open with him about what they wanted to do and how mm-hmm. and why, because yeah. he's Daniel Jackson, and he's got this absolute, you know, died in, uh, you know, well, um, bone deep hatred of of the Gould, and everybody knows it. You know, and wouldn't you know? Wouldn't he want to fix them? Oh, Demma, no. No. Demma says, would she want to have his glow babies like she does with John? I'm not sure if Daniel Jackson actually has the ATA gene. I don't think they ever said. No. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. Ascension doesn't equal the ATA gene. I've used it as it. I've used it as the sidestep where, you know, whatever the um, ascension does that, that, you know, says that you've ascended, when you come back, you can, you can, it recognizes, or the computers recognize you. Yeah, but even then, ascension doesn't equal ATA gene. You can ascend without one. True. It's just that it's literally the ancient technology activation gene. That's why it's called the ATA gene. That's its only purpose. It doesn't do anything else. Yeah. Canon wise, you can do a lot with it. Fanon yeah. wise, but canon—that's all it does. Yeah. <clears throat> Still, Grace, the evil shits really love Daniel. Everybody loves Daniel. Yeah. This <laughs> this would be why every Gaul in the planet or in the galaxy had a hard on for the man. Yeah. Um. Daniel, I think, would be good because, yeah, in in the lead up to Michael, okay. Sorry, I'm writing this down. I think that comes down to the impression of the gene, how much of the gene they have mm-hmm. um, that w- versus anything else. In, in canon, the ATA gene is just, um, it's just involved with technology that it didn't, I mean... It doesn't Daniel, do half the stuff we do is with family. right. And Jack and John have the highest impressions of the ATA gene, but Jack needed the knowledge of the ancients in order to. I think all their gifts, as far as like hands-on healing and telekinesis, I think that was all stuff they learned through brain advancement. I don't think the ATA gene had a damn thing to do with it. They were just opening up parts of their brain trying to get to ascension. Mm-hmm. And the closer they were to ascension, the more power they had mentally. And you saw that happen to Rodney. The closer he got to ascension, the more he could use the the, the different um, tricks of the trade that the, that the ancients were said to have. Right. I don't think it has a damn thing to do with the ATA gene, which is supposed to be artificial, I believe. Is that canon um, or fanon? I think it's fanon. What I'm thinking... I shall mute myself and look it up while you continue to talk. What I'm thinking is... Um, Daniel has ascended. He... For, uh, the first time, he didn't quite do it on his own. He got assisted by Oma Dasala. Um, the second time, he ascended... He did that one on his own, I believe. Um, 
Okay. Jilly comments that the um, ancient technology activation gene, or ATA gene for short, is a specific gene expression present within the, the DNA of the ancients that was used as a sort of genetic key so only their kind can operate their technology, which implies it's artificial. This is correct. It, it is a very good and, and pretty rock-solid way to keep the wraith out of your tech. Yeah. Um. Here's also what it says on the wiki about that. The gene itself may be artificial in origin, created by an early generation of the ancients and passed down since. As the gene was introduced into the human population through interbreeding with ancients, a small percentage of humans from Earth already had this gene. Right. Yeah, I wrote a short, which I have not uh, put out on my site, where... Basically, Janice just picks up a whole bunch of people from one little tribe, family tribe group, and starts inserting the ATA genome in in them. And that's how everything goes forward. Um, there's no interbreeding in that manner. Um, that's kind of horrific. Janice was nothing if not practical. Okay. I mean, and that's monstrous, not actually. Yeah, I know it's monstrous, but I'm sorry. This is the group of people who sat there and took an erratus bug and a baby and smashed the two together and came out with catfish people. True. <laughs> Although I don't think they actually used a real baby. I think they tried, they inserted, well, not a real baby. They didn't actually take a baby out of the womb and do it. They they did it in a, a Petri dish? Yeah, they did it in a Petri dish and made a okay. baby. All right, so proto-baby. Not as bad. <laughs> Not quite, but they took a proto-baby and they took an erratus bug and they mashed the two together. Test yeah. tube catfish. Absolutely, boo. Mm. Yuck. <laughs> oh, God. I see you, Jilly. I see you. I'm actually looking at uh, Sidara's comment, her, her hashtag there. Okay. Um, let's see. Season eight is on on SG one. Is season one on? Someone said something in the chat room that I think that needs to be addressed, though. It oh, says, sure. unless they design their tech to only respond to that part of their DNA specifically, they couldn't take that risk because the wraith is actually a mixture of erratus and ancient. The wraith are literally ancients with erratus DNA. So they had to insert, they, they had to create the ATA gene. It has to be artificial. They did that to prevent the wraith from using their tech. So the ATA gene has to be something artificial that they inserted to gain, to prevent the wraith from using their, their tech against them. It had to have. It has to be a response to the war. Mm -hmm. But the reason I had Janice um, uh, basically grab people is um, with this is this is tracing back to that that failed um, 
you know, uh, attempted the expedition and where Elizabeth and John went back in time and John died. Well, Elizabeth got stuffed into a, um, into an, uh, uh, you know, suspended animation pod. And, you know, she basically spent 10,000 years with three brief wake up calls. And that was it. Um, she spent that sleeping. John was dead. So, I basically had Janice be curious enough to, you know, frankly, to, to do an investigation, to look at what was going on, to find out, you know, these are people from the future. He's, he's been associated with time and time travel, both in our um, mythology and in the mythology of Stargate. So having him ignore time travelers didn't quite compute. So I basically had him look, you know, and find, find somebody who, um, or find a group of people who, you know, he could insert the genome into. So that way John could eventually be, you know, he's, he's, It's a little Close bit of predestiny then, because he knew yeah. what he was going to do when he got there, because he'd already done it before, because John Shepard existed. Yeah. Uh, it's ugly, though. It's, it, it is, is very ugly. You know, what's really interesting is that um, tales of alien abduction are actually, there are ancient tales of alien abduction. I mean, even on the cave wall, you can find depictions mm -hmm. of what looks like alien abduction, whether it is or not. But we don't know what they were thinking when they drew these mm -hmm. things. So it's pretty, it's, it's terrible and kind of funny that Janice was running around being an alien abducting people. Yeah. And the thing is, is, you know. Or abduction by Faye. Absolutely right. Arete. Yeah. You know, he, he's doing, he's doing this thing. He's. You know, he's sedating these people. He's not, he's not actively, you know, um, he's inserting something into their genetics. Yes. But he's the only, the only line, I mean, I'm, this is the firm line I did is, you know, he's, he transports them, he does his thing and he puts them back. They're sleeping the entire time. You know, you know, their clothes stay on. Everything is there. They just get picked it's, up. The yeah, it still reminds me of that terrible, um, the old lady who was experimenting on that whole town just so she could make Hathor. a baby. Yes. No, was it was it Hathor? No, uh, no, 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 no. It no, was the other was, one. Um, the other one. Damn it. Nearity. Nearity. Yes. Yeah. She made Cassandra. She wanted a better host. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part is when in that episode is when Janet made it perfectly clear that if she didn't fix Cassandra, she was going to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to fix my kid or it's over for you. <laughs> or I'm going to rip you out of that host's head and do some things to you that you will live long enough to regret. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the thing. He's, he's Oh, yeah. At least he's not impregnating the women. I mean, yes. that, that would be a next level. Yeah, that would be a step too far. And, you know, that's the thing. He's, he's not, I mean, honestly, it would be like somebody from, actually it'd be worse. It'd be somebody from the first world going to those, those um, tribes in the middle of the Amazon or that one off the coast of that uh, 
you know, that, that killed that missionary and, and going in and sleeping with the women. Okay. There's such a, a huge gulf of culture and experiences and everything that it's like, no, you know, and it's worse for Janice because, you know, we're hunter gatherers at the time that the, the ancients came back to earth, you know, maybe in some special places we're farming, you know, but still it's not, you know, yeah, yuck, pass. So but the closest I could do is kidnap, sleep, insert, put back, they can sleep it off. Oh, either way the agents did it, it's it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Either, either way. But you know they did. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it's canon in the story that the ATA gene was passed down to humanity <laughs> from the ancients through interbreeding. Um, so either way you look at it, the ancients are monsters. Oh, yeah. And even the best of them are monsters. I mean, you know... It, the best of them are extra monstrous because they're smarter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and I don't count, I honestly don't count, I mean, Janice is expedient and he's practical and he's ruthless, but he's not the best. Okay. He's the guy who will look at something and make it work, but don't ask the cost. You know, and... <laughs> yeah it's it the ancients were dicks um so daniel jackson is on the city so daniel jackson is on the city he's he's looking into stuff he's poking around if this would be somewhere um season nine of sg1 or even right before season nine um and just have him basically be there in the background as they build up to Michael because I hate the Ori. I hated that that whole storyline. You know, and if we can avoid it, I think it would be great. You know, so the Ori starts because Vala comes to Earth. Slapped a communication device on Daniel's wrist and on her wrist, and they get sent to the Ori galaxy. No, no. Yes. Those bracelets just kept them together. They used some kind of device in Merlin's tomb. Well, there's something here. Um, they used the black stones. He ends up having to take her with him to Britain because they're connected through these bracelets. Oh, yeah. And there they find they find the device with the black stones that they end up using in universe to cause just, immense amounts of ethical issues. Oh yeah. And Daniel and Jack and Daniel and Vala end up in the bodies of those two mm -hmm. Alterans on that Ori planet. They were prisoner transport places, I believe. Um, But that's how they ended up in the Ori galaxy. Okay. Well, then we need to get Daniel out before he puts that, you know, before well, anything he, happens. He needs to. He's uh, he's already met her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Prometheus. So 
even if she slapped the bracelet on him, instead of going to Britain, he could just bring her to Texas. <laughs> so they're not anywhere near that thing in Merlin's cave. Okay, so now the question it, is... It, is it depends on when you took him. Because <laughs> otherwise she could end up slapping that bracelet on somebody else, which could be hilarious. Well, she could slap it on Cam. Yeah. Oh, he'd be... <laughs> yeah, anything to keep Vala from ending up in that Ori galaxy where she has to... Where she's yeah. forced to carry the Ori's rape baby would be great. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Cam gets to deal with the, you know, um, sexy pirate lady. I mean, yeah, but there is something really amusing about him having to take her with him. Mm-hmm. To Pegasus. And having her poke around and it's like, Daniel, did you know? <laughs> you would not believe what I heard. <laughs> if you ask this person nicely, they give you all sorts of things. <laughs> Were we allowed to have this on the city? <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, since you've got cargo capacity on the data list, can you order all this stuff for me? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny. She would actually provide a very beautiful distraction. She, she's gorgeous. She's an alien. She's got a really interesting personality. Um, she, uh, she would cause a lot of deflection. I mean, no one is going to take the two of them coming to Atlantis as a threat. No. Um, but also what... on the other side of it is that she's a badass. Mm -hmm. And uh, she could watch Daniel's back. While they try and figure out how to how to get those bracelets actually off and and the the um, effective it neutralized, yeah, or at least that's what they're saying. Because, well, he can be picked for it because he can't go out into the field. He can't oh, yeah. be separated from Vala. The SGC does not want to put to, to send her on missions. That that can be the cover story. Um, and they don't so, want her on Earth. So um, that it, it comes up that the um, IOA wants to review this project, um, and Daniel Jackson got picked, and mm -hmm. Weir thinks he's a pushover because he's letting Vala be the obvious runaround. Right. She she could run a lot of interference for him. Um because while she's she has a very uh outward fun personality, mm -hmm. I think on a mission he could he could trust her with his back. Even then. Even then. And you know he, it would also appeal to her because you know it's because of the um, the gaul that she was infested with, you know, she's she's very definitely body autonomy, you know, on the side of it, and and that's even for the the uh, I'm pretty sure it'd be even for the wraith, you know, no experimentation. You're not doing that. You're right. She'd also spot Caldwell. When did he get infested? Season two. 
Huh. In fact, he was probably already old when he when they went to rescue them. Ripples. Oh God, that would be so fucked up. <laughs> she would recognize him because she's been a host. She would feel him, no, and he no. probably wouldn't even know. No, what I'm what I'm thinking of is, you know, they they beam up. Um, you know, they're they're prickly, uh, but but semi competently sharing a a birthing because they've got to because of the bracelets. Daniel gets called up to the bridge because you know, number one civilian in the mountain and trailing behind him is Vala going, you know, this one's a little different than the last one. Do you, how easy do you think it would be for me to steal it? <laughs> you know, and, and making comments like that as she's walking along and every crew member who's passing her is look, giving her that, that hairy eyeball of, Oh no, you did not just say that, you know, and she walks in and goes, Daniel, when did you have Gould in charge of your ships and have him just lose his shit? I don't think she'd be that. I think she would actually be a little more circumspect. She, she would have to know that that was not kosher. Um, and that's a dangerous situation because Caldwell mm -hmm. would be, um, I maybe a little more circumspect. You'll take Daniel aside and let look. Um, your buddy Caldwell snaked. You, you got a problem. I, I think actually what she, if, if she was going to do that, you know, cause I'm, they can, she can feel, um, a gold from a fair amount of distance, right? I don't right know if he would feel her back or if that's just a side effect of having been a host. I'm not sure if it has play when you are a host. Well, what, what I'm, I'm looking for is distance because, you know, if she, if they walk in the door and she looks around and she, you know, that light bulb goes off overhead and she pulls Daniel in and, and lays a lip lock on him and then, you know, hugs him and says, there's a gold in here in his ear, you know, distraction and, you know, passing on the message. You know, nobody's going to um, blink much because she's already done much more outrageous stuff. You know, it's just how, how far away do they have to be to feel each other? You know, the bridge isn't that big. Hmm. You know. It is, yeah, you're right. It is the Dakota and the blood that they're feeling. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for Sam, it's because, um, the, the, the okay, Sadria says that there was an implication that Set had to put his hand on Sam to know she had been a host. Mm -hmm. That she that he didn't know that until he touched her. So as long as Vala doesn't let Caldwell touch her, he won't know that she used to be a host unless he recognizes the body, and then he might even assume that she's still snaked. Oh, that would be even more creepy. That would actually be very creepy and useful. Well, I think that Caldwell might be in a briefing with Daniel Jackson. There's every reason to believe that they would have made Vala sit in an office outside of it. Yes. 
they wouldn't have let her in on a on a meeting of that nature because um, she wasn't even a member of the team at that point. She mm-hmm. was an alien holding Daniel Jackson hostage with a, <laughs> with a gold bracelet. <laughs> and she, yeah, she was a host for t- over two decades. Um, so there's every reason to believe that, that, the, that the gold um, that's in, that's in Caldwell, unless it was an infant, unless it was a new gold, unless it had been recently that it wasn't, I don't remember how the gold was. I think they had to be fairly old because, yeah, a new snake um, can can do something, but it's. I thought that the control, at least for a new snake, snake could be kind of spotty. But okay. Okay, so they say that found from a jar. So the so the snake that's in Caldwell, um, was in a jar. Yeah, they have the the the. Um, sorry about the noise. The cats are going insane. Um, <laughs> The same jars that, um, not set, um, the other one that they found on the, on earth was in Canopic jar. That's the one. Thank you. Even if the gold has genetic memory, they only have memory of the gold they come from. Uh Uh-huh. They don't have memories from all the gold. And their genetic memory only lasts up until they they're they're spawned basically. Everything else after that is is somebody else's memory. Hmm. It would be interesting because um, yeah it yeah so. But Vala's savvy, and she's she's basically working in a situation. Why would she agree to go? She has no choice. Just because she put that bracelet on Daniel doesn't mean she's in charge. No. If she wants to not pass out and be unconscious, she goes where Daniel Jackson goes. Actually, that would... Oh, God, that would be a bit much. You know, she can try and, and you know, um, walk off, get knocked unconscious, and wakes up on, on the Daedalus. We're going to to Pegasus Galaxy. And he can even tell her, look, if you do this for me, and we do this, then I will translate this stupid tablet for you. Uh-huh. She's a mercenary. She's going to do what she has to do um, to get what she wants. Yep. You know, she might also ask, you know, um, is there anything in it for me? Well, I don't know. It's a completely new galaxy. Who knows what they've got there? Yeah. And really, Vala didn't come to Earth for treasure. No, Vala came to Earth for Daniel Jackson. Yep. That couldn't be more clear than when she sacrifices herself at the Supergate. That she wasn't there for anything less than him. Yeah, she has. Yeah, she yeah <laughs> she had it bad. She she <laughs> she tripped hell over ass over a heel like right into ass it. Over tea kettle, yeah, right right into it. You know, and I'm like, really? I mean, he's cute, but he's not. 
<laughs> he's cute and all, but that boy needs training because his 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 wife was you know she didn't have much time to get that that boy. No, she didn't get place. that settled. She no. um, she didn't get all that settled. But yeah, she came. Yeah, he kirked her. He definitely did. They they had a fight. They kissed. It was on. <laughs> but uh, I really do think that she came to earth for him. She came to earth for Daniel Jackson. Um, yeah. And the, the, the treasure was just an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she found something that, that looked kind of interesting. She might actually be able to read that tablet, but you know, she's damn certain that Daniel's going to want to read that tablet because that seems to be the man that he, he is. I mean, it's practically a courting gift. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Along with some really fucked up engagement bracelets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also think that Daniel Jackson um actually represented Tavala something that she had lost, and that was um I'm not gonna something say in normal. Not, yeah, I'm not gonna say innocence because he's not. You know, um, I keep using the, 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 um, and bringing he it up. He was but... strong. He was noble, but he was also loyal. And he demonstrated that loyalty to his people and to earth. And I think honor. that when honor and when, and when Vala saw that she wanted him to give her that too. Mm -hmm. She traded everything, including her honor to get free and stay free. All right. And there's Daniel shining with the stuff, it seems, you know, and he had her in a couple of very compromising positions in that the thing with the Prometheus and he didn't do anything. You know, and he never used any opportunity to take advantage of her when he had it. And uh -huh. I think that kind of after coming out of the situation that she came from, um, um, and having spent all those decades, those, those 26 years mm -hmm. um, as a host, that she encountered someone who was so so strong in his ethics. It, it, it must have been like coming across Nirvana. Uh -huh. <laughs> I got to sit on that again. <laughs> yeah, and she did. And she probably, in, you know, wiggle a little bit. And it's like, hmm, <laughs> I think I'm keeping this one. <laughs> All right, let me, you know, he got away and took the nifty ship. Let's see what I can find. So, yeah. so knowing that, I think that she would actually be all in on going to Atlantis mm -hmm. because she would be like, I need to make sure he knows how valuable I am. So he mm -hmm. wants to keep me. Because not even her own father wanted to keep her. Um, you know what I also think, you know, if, if we're looking at people who at least can look at the, um, look over that line, even if they don't, don't step over it themselves, Jack is going to know what's going on, you know, and I'm wondering um, if he wouldn't give her a talk of, you know, 
you, you're panting after him. He's not going to notice. You know, you're going to have to do something more than just, you know, be sexy to get anywhere with him. It's Papa Grande. <laughs> man, man, me and the man were so hurt when when Apophis died. We we lost our Poppy Grande, but he went down like a boss. He did. All the other girls were like, they Remember? were pretty, but Apophis, they had to throw a fucking planet at Apophis to get rid of him. So I'm like, that was a gold. You know, honestly, I'm, I'm that's not what I'm too talking sure. about. But here's the thing. I'm not 100% certain if that actually worked. I mean, the planet right. he didn't actually have a Stargate. Right? Yeah. They had to yeah. throw replicators and a planet at Apophis to get rid of him. <laughs> that takes some serious golding there. Golding there. Yeah, they had to they had to stick a, a nuke up Ra's ass. But, um, oh, Lord. Yeah, Ra didn't see that shit coming. Mm -mm. But that was that was great. But Apophis, Poppy Grande was amazing. And he had this overwhelmingly terrible fashion sense. But, oh, um, God. It's so I mean, bad. but the rest of the goal, they, they were not like pansies. It was just like sad. I mean, even Anubis. He's, he's still he's having a cat fight with, um, what's her name? Yeah, uh, Oma Dasala. And you know, um, Baal, the last one, he's he got his his little self sucked out and and you know um, died an ignominious death in a, in a test tube, basically. <laughs> Grandma Glowy, yeah, but you know, Anubis was not actually just a gold though; he was also half ascended, so mm -hmm. he was like a special level. He he wasn't just a gold, but for just being a gold, Poppy Grande was was exceptional. He was every, above the he was above the cut. Every gold is a diva. Ball was a special type of diva. A gorgeous penny. <clears throat> mm. Hello, Anubis. <laughs> I hope everything's okay. And the fire alarm didn't go off. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Cover your new old iPad. <laughs> oh, Lord. Jilly has a, a mild fire in her stove. We're, we're, I'm hoping it's contained to the stove in the oven. Um, and we're hoping the sprinklers don't go off. That would be bad. Ooh, yeah. Um, so, basically, what... What it's worked out to is Daniel's going to go right after he and Vala get those bracelets on. And before they do anything else, they don't go to Merlin's tomb. They go to Atlantis. Somewhere along the way, Vala gets close enough um, to, you know, it might just be um, she gets close enough to Caldwell not to, to feel, well, no, wait a second. 
she's got long-term exposure to Naquita and using um, what she's got to fool the Gould. And so I'm pretty sure she's managed to basically hone that skill. So if if the Gould isn't expecting and ha uh, to to see anybody who could who could sense them, and hasn't been down on Earth, and in the same room with Carter or Teal'c. Well, apparently the Gould before he was in Caldwell, he was um, in a trust agent, mm -hmm. in a spy for the trust. So. How they managed to snake Caldwell and Carter not notice is like the biggest plot hole mm -hmm. possible. It's the last night before they ship out. He goes out to dinner with um, somebody. Somebody he thought he could trust. And they snake him. And the next morning, they he gets called up or heads up to um, the ship. He's already co completed all his physicals, all his briefings. He doesn't need to go back to the SGC. He doesn't need to go near the three people at the SGC who can feel a gold. They're saying she could have been at Area 51 during this time period, which, which makes sense. But, I mean, is this before the band gets back together? Um, Avalon part one is where we're talking. That would be season oh, Tamara. one. <laughs> Do you want to go to the corner for the first time? Is that what oh you want? <laughs> That's the worst booty call in the history of booty calls. Well, it takes deep, deep throat into I mean, a new level. I mean... I just got the worst image in my brain. And I know the gold normally go in through the throat or the ear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> Julie, just, Julie just put me in the corner. You deserved it, too. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> Seriously. I regret nothing. Oh my god. I regret nothing. <laughs> At least Ellie will be with me in the corner. Any orifice um, in a storm. <laughs> that's a hell of a swim north, though. <laughs> well, the thing is, is it actually could be very a very quick swim because um, he can heal any damage he does. He could just shoot right up. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> is he going to be nice and heal his stuff his, the, the, on the way out uh, I'm just saying <laughs> the gold honestly wouldn't care how much it hurt the host yeah Yeah, I mean, he could just, you know, hit the 
spine and so they're all the way up. Actually, <laughs> actually, <laughs> if the agent was the one giving a BJ and about the time <gasps> that, that um, Caldwell um, had his orgasm and was distracted, the um, trust agent basically leaned up and gave him a bit of a kiss and that's all you wrote. Yep. <laughs> Apparently I'm in the hole at the corner too. I am at, okay. If <laughs> Caldwell got snaked um, just before the mission. <laughs> he's the thing is, is, is he, he thinks he's already been through medical. Although I think if he's already been met through medical, is he even allowed off base? Since they're leaving the planet, yeah. Why? Why not? It's it, it, the SGC in some ways is incredibly lax in their security. Okay. Yeah, you know, they they didn't really have much information about the trust at this time that I remember. I mean, just from a health perspective, I mean, if you if you've got a mission on deck off planet, would you let any of your crew that's about to leave on a spaceship? Out of your facility? Mm. Well, then, then that the fucker uh, got him while he was on base. It's always actually been my head cannon that the snake was the stick up Caldwell's ass. <laughs> God, that's a visual. Oi! The trip was three. Weeks. Oh, you're welcome, Queenie. Um, I mean, the thing is, is if you got your crew and you've got them cleared for, through medical, I would not want them to be off base because what if they pick up some bug mm -hmm. and then a week and a half later, the entire Daedalus crew is down with the flu and they're awake from Earth and they're all sick as shit because some asshole picked up a bimbo in a bar and. Hmm. Well, I wasn't going to go STD route, but what I'm saying is, is that it would be really easy to pick up the flu or, um, speaking of a sexually transmitted, well, in this case, disaster. Well, yeah, you clear medical weeks before deployment on Earth, but if mm -hmm. you're leaving the planet, I mean, they, they quarantine astronauts for up for a week before they leave the planet. I don't think that, um, it would be unreasonable for the SGC to, uh, keep the entire crew of the Daedalus confined, probably on the Daedalus after they cleared medical until they were ready to depart from spe from the... Okay, then how about this? Instead of it being a last night in Bangkok routine... Um... <laughs> as funny as that is. Now, oh, see, no. Jaleesa's her head can that he was snaked on the Daedalus. Mmm... So how they get the snake on the Daedalus? That would be interesting and difficult. Um, well, yeah, because they might be checking bodies, but they probably aren't checking luggage. Point. Well, I assume they got the bomb on Atlantis because they got the bomb on the Daedalus because Caldwell was a snake. 
They, that they were able to yeah. smuggle that onto the ship because he was snaked. So if it's either, you know, after the last um, meeting and, and before lockdown that the snaking happens, or it happens sometime in that, that period where, you know, um, the time period between when, you know, at the end of, 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 or when everybody goes back to Atlantis, the command staff, and, you know, when Caldwell's backing and forthing bringing supplies, which would actually work because if they're just shunting tons and tons and tons of supplies up, one extra little box for a trust agent would just get lost in the shuffle. It would. Yeah. And you pick up your box and... Yeah. Actually, your box with the canopic jar and a zap. Because as far as I know, the Daedalus doesn't have any internal sensors that if somebody's zatted, if they're not, why would they notice? I think if they're willing to snake a kernel that Walter would have been fair game as well if, if, if they could have got his hands on him. Absolutely. Oh, Lord, that man, yeah. He, he had, him and Siler had their finger in every pie in the mountain. They'd be a very attractive target. Cause it, and if they're willing to risk snaking a colonel who's in charge of one of the ships mm -hmm. that Earth has, they absolutely would consider Siler or Walter if they could get their hands on them. Yeah, but that would actually be a little more risky. Because Carter has um, regular contact with both of those men. But there's reason to believe that she would not have regular contact with Caldwell. And it wouldn't be all that difficult for him to arrange to, you know, sit down the, 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 the way so that way he's out of, out of touching range. Right, and, or tilt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jack, by the way, has been snaked twice. Okay. No, he's been snaked once. Twice. What was the first time? First time was Hathor. She didn't snake him. She made she him a Jaffa. She snaked him. That's the one where... That isn't they, the same thing. She, uh, when they went to the replicated um, SGC, he was briefly snaked. I thought he had a pouch. No, that, that was when she was on Earth and she got uh, Daniel's genetic contribution. You mean she raped J Daniel Jackson? Yes. Um. And she gave uh, Jack a pouch. A couple seasons later, um, they find out Hather's still alive, has uh, put them in suspended animation um, in basically deep pools of liquid nitrogen or whatever it was and um, she snakes Jack. I don't and, remember her snaking Jack. How'd they get it out? Um, a um, Tokra put him back on ice and uh, it was during that, that brief time period between insertion and the full blending and it couldn't handle the cold. So it crawled out of them and died. And then the other one is where... Um, With Tokra, yeah, that was yeah. the one I know. 
yeah. about with the with the ancient disease that he got. Yes. Because he made that ancient lady cure his team first. Yep. And she died before she could cure him. Yep. And that's how he ended up getting tortured by Ball. Yes. Because the Tokra was a shit. The Tokra was in love. Tokra was a jackass. He was in love and he wanted to save that woman. That's lovely. But he, he sacrificed Jack to do it. The thing is, is that I don't think Jack would have disagreed. I don't think he would have either, but at least he would have been informed if he'd, you know, if he'd known about it ahead of time. But what's really, it, well, the Tokra wasn't actually in a host before it got into Jack, was it? Um, I think it had been. Not a host that it could actually use, otherwise Jack wouldn't have been the one in Ball's hands. Yeah. I don't know. The host was dying. Yeah. I think the Tokra could have found another. I think that um, there were female Tokra. No, there weren't. Yes, there were. They were in female hosts. They weren't female. Even the one that Anise carried? Because I got the impression that that was a female. I got the impression that that just wanted to, to climb certain very smart people. And given the time period that the show was in, they... There was one Tok'ra queen. And she <laughs> was eventually rescued. And she died. Jiria. I always felt like that should have been bullshit. I think that she shouldn't have died. I'm pretty sure she shouldn't have. I honestly think that, you know, um, they spent too much time yakking and she should have basically spawned one last time and spawned a queen. You know, it do obviously doesn't take much time for a Tok'ra to do it or for a ghoul to do it. You know, evidenced by Hathor and crew. I think it would probably change the Tok'ra for the worse because she was held hostage and tortured and basically forced to make that chemical that they were addicted to. Yeah, tritonin. Um, early, early precursor of tritonin. Right. Um, and I think that if she had been allowed to influence her people, that it would have been disastrous. Having a young queen to raise. If she had spawned a queen, that queen would have had her memories. Depends on what she put in. It's genetic memories. She wouldn't have any control over what her queen remembered. No, they. they from what I remember, they said that um, she said that what they were, what was in the the tanks were basically mindless. Right, but when she spawned a queen, it would have had her genetics. I think this is where I'd go with Fanon and have her edit it. <laughs> <laughs> I think she would have to be a queen with no genetic memory. Oh, great. Then the, then we'd be relying on the Toker to actually raise a child successfully and not come up with a psychopath. Well, yes. That would go over well. 
<laughs> I don't think Valo would be remotely interested in being anywhere near a fucking Tokra. Mm -mm. No. She was held hostage in her own body for 26 years. Like, how old or lucky she didn't invest herself into sniping all of them. Hey, General Jack, can you tell me what this does? Holds out a big fucking gun. That's a sniper <laughs> I kit. need I, this. I need this. This is a sniper gun. Okay, I've seen what your guns do. How far does it shoot? Oh, over two clicks. You know, almost a mile or over a mile. Mm. <laughs> you know, sit there and. Oh. The thing about the snake baby is it would need a place to incubate. You know, they've got Charlie, the Ritu child. For what purpose? He actually had a relatively decent childhood. I mean, what do you want to do with him? He could incubate the queen. <gasps> ah, no. <laughs> he was dying. They were gonna. They were gonna snake him anyhow. Sorry. Didn't he ascend? No. Oh. That would be um, Daniel's stepson, not the the little bald kid with with issues um, who was put together by the Ritu. Shifu. Mm -hmm. Did anybody else find it really offensive that two people of color created that baby? That turned out not to be of color. I mean, I'm just saying. It was really fucking offensive. Yeah, there were some interesting things going on there. Just saying. <laughs> so Daniel and Vala go to Atlantis. After they've sorted Caldwell. Uh-huh. To make Weir regret her life choices. And then some. Um, hmm. I think um, it would it would basically be them hanging around and um poking into stuff and looking at stuff and, you know, um, watching that whole season unfold. Oh, that's Charlie. Uh, because there's a lot about season two that's just horrific. Okay. Um, Trinity, for one. 
and the whole reaction of everybody. Uh, Susan, that is by Litgal, and it's, um, I honestly don't remember the name of the series. Uh, yeah, it's not actually much of a stretch, a stretch, is it? Gives no. the gold. No, it's really not. Lions, snakes, snakes and, and Igigiomai. Yeah. Apparently, it's called Not in Kansas Anymore by Lit Gal. Uh huh. I don't know. what If, if he's not gold, is he Tokra? No, actually, he's not. So he's because, not gold and he's not Tokra. He's a. Um, the, the gold he's carrying is contemporary to Ra and, and um, uh, Egeria and the like, but um, they're, they basically uh, swam Earth's oceans and rivers for all the time, occasionally coming out and into a host. Yeah. I am kind of horrified. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's fun, though. I actually have read it and enjoyed it. So they seem, well, no, maybe are they more like, um, what's it, uh, trills? You know, they end up being a lot like a trill. And um, there's there's a short-term hosting, basically, what, what ends up happening uh, for the most part. Um, they eventually can, they host once and they're done. And the one that um, Gibbs was hosting was a queen. With all the arrogance that comes with it. That's really fitting in a lot of terrible ways, actually. <laughs> yeah. Except, well, excepting the queens. The queens do hitch a long-term ride. Yeah. And so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony ended up hosting. Tony ended up hosting... Um, a very young queen and the symbiosis was pretty good because he was teaching her how not to rely on her arrogance and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, Sadria. Me too. Because I don't like the idea of gold swimming around in our rivers. I don't like, no. No. No, there's only one. She never spawned while she was on Earth. Oh. Never spawned. She never felt safe. Where she spawned was Atlantis. Ah! <laughs> she wasn't safe on Earth, but she went to Atlantis and spawned with the Wraith? No, yeah, well, I mean, Atlantis, well, the Wraith are there. Yeah, but she didn't, but here's the thing. To to get to where the, the, the 
basically to get close enough to the spawn, there's a whole, what ends up being a whole um, obstacle course, both intellectual with traps and stuff for that and the physical, you know, and to get to them, you have to solve this. This is not something that, you know, you're going to, you know, just, yeah, I suppose a wraith could, could beam down into it, but these things know the wraith aren't any good. They're not going to poke themselves out of the water and, and implant in a wraith. They're much more likely to kill the fucker. So they and, will only host with somebody who can get to them. Yeah. you they, they won't go hunt down a host. They're not, I mean, people can swim in the water, and, you know, around Atlantis. They're not going to get um, snaked just because, you know, they're swimming. This isn't like Jaws with, with snakes. Yeah, it's you have to you have to pass the tests. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Tony and his ability to look outside the box and then fuck with the box um, changed everything for that particular group of stuff. Which is actually why he's the other person I, you know, I was looking at as a possible uh, leader for the expedition. Tony? Or, yeah, Dinoza. The only problem is it would be a humongous jump. Well, yeah, because he's not qualified. No. Sidara <laughs> uh, points out Aaron Hotchner. I think Hotch would end up killing a lot of the scientists. <laughs> Starting with, with, with Carson, but okay. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm apparently saying somebody's name wrong and I'm so sorry. Really shit with names. Okay. They should be used to it by now because I fuck up everybody's name. Yeah, I'm trying. Okay. I'll try. And the next suggestion is Daniel takes Tony with as an investigator. That would be the obvious. Um, I think if he showed up with a Navy cop, that it would put it would put everybody on guard. Yeah, and he wouldn't get quite as much information given to him. Right. So, you know, honestly, I as cute as it is, I hate to see Tony reduced to. Um, To just being somebody who handles morale or entertainment. I mean, mm -hmm. he's got all these decades of experiences as a cop. And I... well, if he's undercover, yes. But to actually, I have actually seen stories where they, they've taken him out of his role as an NCIS agent. They've basically obliterated his career for one reason or another. And he's basically set out to Atlanta as a cruise director. And I find that. I find that a little appalling. Mm -hmm. 
It is demeaning. You know, Hetty Lang is short but mighty. And anybody that would look at her and not see a threat is a fucking moron. And so I don't think Elizabeth Weir is that dumb. And Hetty Lang is a nuclear weapon. You don't send a nuclear weapon to Atlantis unless you mean serious all kinds of business. Um, so it's not to say that Daniel isn't one as well, because he he honestly he is. But, but Hetty's a different kettle of fish. Hetty's the overt nuke. She's the yeah. one that that has, you know, that that you know. Um, you know, six by 12, you know, uh, uh, you know, time date stamp with the countdown and it's, it's, you know, zipping by with big red letters, you know, she's, she's the overt threat, you know? So yeah, I think Daniel is, is the one who would be the better one to slip in, to have him watch, to have him, um, report back and somewhere along the way, you know, certain threats are either quietly neutralized or if something happens, it's reported and it's, you know, it's just another nail in a coffin that's being built. Meanwhile, Hetty has left a trail of bodies behind her and no one even dares say anything about it. Is that? No. <laughs> Someone clean up this mess. Oh, God. Yeah, that would have been an interesting conversation. We did a whole episode on Patrick Shepard coming to Atlantis. Yeah. Um, it's on the archive. Uh, I think Daniel Jackson is a really interesting choice. Um, the only yeah. one that I think... Uh, and I actually wrote Jack O'Neill coming out to be the expedition leader in... Um, Well, it's in the plans for human mm -hmm. nature and yeah. in emotional clockwork, he is the leader of the expedition. He mm -hmm. replaced um, Weir and um, basically he retired and they said, well, what do you want to do now? And he's like, just I want to fish on Atlantis. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's he's, you know, quietly making. Um, quietly marking time. Yeah. So I think you know Jack. Is, J Jack is a very obvious choice to be on Atlantis as, yeah. as the leader when he's older and he's done. You know, he's done being. Mm -hmm. He's just retired, and he's like, "Oh, I can sit on my porch and fish, or I can sit on Atlantis Pier and fish." <laughs> you know, he would be a good um, transition governor, if you will, from you know, a colony of earth to a independent state, if you will. In, in emotional clockwork, he is the transition, um, between, uh, Woolsey and Shepard. They put him in charge so that the civilians would get used to the idea of a military man being in charge. So because the IOA wants um, Shepard to take over the city because of his gene. Mm -hmm. But if I mean that's 
Daniel would be a good long-term governor. I mean, he's he's not that old. He's not that young. He's well years of of stuff behind him. And I like him as the leader, but I don't see. Uh, even though I wrote Daniel Jackson leaving Earth, um, mm -hmm. in Lantian Legacy, I don't think he would be the one to lead an independent Atlantis. No, I don't think he would either. So, but. You know, he definitely would be a good one to, in some ways, shepherd them through the war. Because they've got a war going. Yeah. And that's the number one reason why um, we are needed to be replaced in season two. Mm -hmm. Because they are not um, a scientific expedition. They are the, they're on the front of a war and mm -hmm. they needed a leader who represented that. And somebody who has made those hard decisions before. Yeah. And Daniel has. He's made those those decisions. You know, hell, he's caused those decisions. And best of all, it literally prevents the Ori storyline, which was stupid. So. <laughs> yes. I am all in on that one. And by the time that bracelet falls off, Valo would have totally worked her way into Daniel's affections. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, I know you personally ship Daniel and um, O'Neill. I do, but in this one, it's okay for me to ship um, uh, Daniel and Vala. You know, I've got no problems with that. because Vala's story is so tragic that I just kind of want her to have a happy ending. Yeah. You know, either it's either they're going to... Um, you know, they're either going to become the the type of couple that is just, you know, they share brain space and everything is there and they click and everything is wonderful, or they settle down to be the type of siblings that are hell on wheels to everybody who's not them. And, you know, it's a complete toss up as to which way it would go. <laughs> Jack doesn't I don't think Jack could ever trust um, Vala the same way Daniel does or the same way Cam does I don't actually think um, Jack is built to share no I think if Jack was built to share um, he wouldn't have had to choose between Carter and Daniel mm-hmm and it is my headcanon that, that he did have to choose between them. And, and he chose Sam. Yeah. Because that was the easier choice to make. Yeah. Yeah. That's reality. It's ugly, though. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah, ugly. It's, it's also a function of... Phoenix, you just made my day. <laughs> Dr. Blair Sandberg is the new expedition leader. Oh, God. This is Jim. Don't worry about him. Oh, God. And, He's with and, me. <laughs> and everybody reading his, all his, his published articles going, we've got a hippie. Why do we have I a hippie? hippie? Could you imagine Rodney? Could you imagine him? <laughs> It would be fucking fantastic. Why do we have a fucking anthropologist? Oh 
my God, John, have you read this man's dissertation? <laughs> How is this an improvement over Weir? <laughs> oh my God, we've got a hippie. You know, and, and you know, doing the background. How many meditation retreats has this man been on? <laughs> you know? For fuck's sakes, his mother retired to a commune. How am I supposed to put up with this? <laughs> and Blair not helping by having a nice meditation mat sitting in his office. I think actually it would be really interesting how um, how Blair would influence the expedition. But it would be more interesting how Jim's presence impacted the rest of the expedition because you know Blair wouldn't go anywhere without Jim <laughs> oh no no maybe they're retired from police work and you know Blair's doing his thing and the SGC taps him and he's like well you know I, I'm a package deal mm -hmm. they could even be married it would be awesome and um they come out together and you know Jim's all alpha sentinel and they don't even know what a sentinel is but they don't know what and they don't even want to mess with him because you know they're but they're like i mean he's got to be every be of every bit of 60 but i'm pretty sure he could kick my ass i don't know how i feel about this <laughs> john john look ignore the hippie for the moment look at this guy <laughs> where the fuck did he get that guy from <laughs> Holy shit. He and Tilk went and sparred for 45 minutes. I can't even laugh. It's like living with Terminator. I mean, yeah. I mean, it would be really interesting to, to have him uh, on the city. And um, what would be more interesting is his influence on other people. Um, and you could even explore that, like um, Jim's influence on um, other members of the expedition. And that, you know, maybe, even, maybe in their circumstances, having a sentinel in their mix could make others come online as sentinels. Ronan probably being the first. Nothing says that Ronan isn't already one. And survival right. is, is what did it, because I think that would actually be the, the biggest trigger. But the one who would probably, who I would probably have triggered by Jim would be John. They're all, uh, everybody's posting about it, you know, and, and, it would be um, I don't know would you do that at the beginning with season one or would you uh, drop it later in later seasons I think so okay we got 30 minutes left I'll plot yeah. this one okay well, we got as much time as we want, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I can split it up into two podcasts if necessary. Uh -huh. Okay, so okay, so let's say after the first year, um, they all come back, and mm -hmm. um, everybody is briefing and debriefing, and everything happens, and th and they go back to Pegasus as planned with right. Weir, but Daniel Jackson's like, you know, this is we don't have a really good picture. Um, Weir didn't, Weir's version of events does not match up with Shepard's. And the IOA bought hers hook, line, and sinker. Um, mm. So we need to actually pay attention to this. And he suggests 
You see, you know, I have a friend. He's just retired from the police. He's got a he's he's, he's got a doctorate in anthropology. He um he's got a doctorate in this. Maybe where's picked up another degree in that time. Um, Psychology. And I like to, I like it to be one where he's not where his dissertation never got exposed, and he didn't end up writing about Jim. Like maybe they fell in love, and he's like, I can't use you as a subject because I'm in love with you. And yeah, so way. he has to pick a new dissertation topic and they end up married and they end up being cops together and, and he works on his degrees. And, um, and uh, so there's no taint there for the IOA to interfere with. Mm -hmm. And um, Jack comes up with a solution that the SGC can live with and says, okay, you know, we're actually, um, you can keep a civilian leader, but we need a different kind of civilian leader. Elizabeth Weir is not the one to lead the city in a war zone. And they agree. And Daniel taps Blair and As Jim. Cop. He's got he's got the education. He's um, he's got the management skills. Um, his partner retired as maybe the chief of police at that point. He's got the diplomatic skills. He's, he's worked in closed societies. He's worked with other cultures, especially like in Peru and South America. He is going to be perfect. His name is Dr. Blair Sandberg. Unfortunately, he also comes with an ex-army. Well, fortunately for Jack, he comes with an ex-army you know, ranger they, named Jim Ellison. Who also and they can sell, they can sell that as an additional thing because, hey, we're getting two for the price of one here. And they send him out to replace Elizabeth Weir. Or maybe just, and she, maybe even she gets to stay on the city as the ambassador. Mm -hmm. Which can cause conflict, which is great. Um, yes. So Blair comes out as the leader and Jim, it would be really fun to do that because um, I think that in the Sentinel fanfics often, you know, Blair's practically an accessory. So it would be kind of fun if if Jim is Blair's plus one for this late in life job career for them, you know, they've retired from police work. Blair, you know, Jim thought he was going to live in a cabin in the woods. It didn't quite work out that way. Cause Blair got this awesome opportunity to go off planet. Um, and so he's like, okay, fine. You, 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 you followed me all this time. Chief, if you want to go to Pegasus, and pick a fight with a bunch of space catfish. I'm game. Let <laughs> me pick up. Let me get my gun. And get it cleaned. It's been in storage for a while. I'll be right back. <laughs> real, real, real quick question. We're, the, the city's on an on ocean, right? How the fish? How the fish? How's the fishing? I'm going to need some sports gear. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need a sports rig. Sports fishing rig. Um. The protector of the great city. That's absolutely right, Tamara. So they head off to Pegasus. And um, what would be really interesting is if like this was the beginning of Blair coming into his get. Like like the guide gifts that we give them in. Um, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> that we give them in Fanon. What if going to Pegasus and stepping through the Stargate or whatever. Ever how he gets there. Starts to awakening Empath you know, empathic gifts in Blair. And um, is he ATA know, positive? 
Oh, absolutely. They both have to be. So they both have this, to be. Well, well, now wait a second. Here, so here's something. While you're on Earth and you're not surrounded by ancient tech, there's no reason for the uh, for for your your ATA positive or negative ability or status to have done much to impact you. Okay. Um, depending on how you swing the impact of that thing, um, it either makes you or helps boost intelligence, longer life, you know, um, greater insight. Yeah. Well, but and, you know, it, um, in, in Sentinels of Atlantis, this, the Sentinel guide gene actually comes from this, from the Satedans and uh -huh. they, um, and Ascension was part of their natural path in life, Sentinels and guides. Um, it was the, their final act after they had served their people. Mm -hmm. um, that they were gifted with Ascension, the Sentinels and guides. And the ancients wanted it. So they basically stole the Sentinel guide genetics in order to get it. Right. Um, because they didn't want to take this the path that they were having to take, like the aura did. They wanted they were trying to cheat the system. Right. And they brought those sentinel and guide genetics back to Earth, and that's how Sentinels and Guides came to be on Earth. And then this and this is the plot line in Sentinels of Atlantis. Um, and there are more guides on Earth naturally awoken than there are sentinels, because in Pegasus, the guides were the ones that were the immense threat to the Wraith. Okay. And so the ancients cultivated the awakening of guides on Earth through genetic manipula manipulation to right. protect Earth from the Wraith. But when the final episode of The Search, when Lamera rises up out of the um, ocean and the whole Earth is bathed in psionic energy, she's restoring the balance between sentinels and guides on Earth. So there's a shit ton of sentinels that have just woken up. Coming online like dominoes. Oh, that's going to be an interesting day. So that's what happened um, on Sentinels of Atlantis in, in the final um, episode, the first for season one. Um, so if Jim's out there on Atlantis and the first time he encounters a, a wraith, he, I think he's going to go from Sentinel to Alpha Sentinel, like like that. Yes. And then, of course, he's been he's been alone all of his life, basically, as a Sentinel. But within days of him encountering a wraith, Sentinels on the city start waking up. John, Evan, Ronan, Taylor, um, Miko. Someone in the chat room said Miko. I think Miko would be fun. Um, and suddenly Blair has a whole bunch of Sentinels to deal with when he's only ever had the one. And he's having to teach other people how to manage Sentinels um, so that they, he can keep the rest of the Sentinels on the city, you know, safe and from zoning out mm -hmm. or, you know, ending up very ill. Um so, you know, I think it'd be really interesting that the birth of a, of a pride began on Atlantis because of the Wraith and because of Jim Ellison bringing that, um, that energy that, um, instead of big, big energy, it'd be like sentinel energy into <laughs> the mix. Energy. Yeah. Big sentinel energy into the mix. You know, like he's a, he's an alpha and he inspires that, that surge of, um, of sentinel the need for sentinels and for the city. Yeah. 
alpha synergy, <laughs> the ASC. Well, but yeah, I mean, you know that his that you know Jim has a has a connection to the to the blue jungle space. I call this the psionic plane, right. um, and that you know maybe being exposed to the, the the wraith is just an immense threat to Earth. That it wakens something in him, and so, it kind of like it spreads. So okay, so you also have something else that you need to think about here, um, depending on. You know, if this is is you know second year, we've already had the invasion. You know, the the, the storm in the eye. Why didn't John come online? Because John didn't have exposure to another sentinel. What I'm saying is, is that Jim coming to Jim and Blair coming to the city like opened up a window into the psionic plane that's been confined on Earth in Cascade because they never really went anywhere. That they stayed there in their city. They kind of nested. And they never got exposed to a huge threat like the Wraith. But when the Wraith, when, when Jim encounters the Wraith, he he flings open the door on the psionic plane. And everybody on the city who is um, susceptible to that psionic energy comes online. So... You know, Even you, Blair, who has who has existed as his guide and shaman, but never had the gifts that he needed. But when Jim encounters a wraith, the psionic plane blows wide open, and suddenly Blair has the empathic gifts that he never got before, or was never allowed to develop because you know he yeah, didn't need them. No, he didn't. They kind of like opened up parts of their brain that had never been used before. There's a there's a moment in just your, just one touch that I wrote recently where where a, a a spirit animal comes to John and offers him the gift of being a sentinel, and of course he says yes. Um, and Rodney tells him, "You've always been a sentinel, but the parts of your brain that would help you identify all those things around you were sleeping, and now they're awake." Okay. So, so Jim becomes the um the catalyst. Jim came online because his the threat to his life was massive and and ongoing for the all the time that he was in Peru. But he was also close to the Temple of the Sentinel. Yes. So maybe the Temple of the Sentinel in that pool which I think, you know, in my head, Ken, is, is psionic energy. Between being close to that psionic energy, close enough to it, yeah. and that immense threat, and because he had the potential, he came online. Okay. But but Blair was... Um, he never really got... He went... He didn't face the same threats. No. But just being in Pegasus and being exposed to the Wraith who eat psionic energy would be enough. Uh-huh. Yeah, Alex killed him, but and and Jim brought him back, but it wasn't it, I so don't I think it's just death. It's it's not it's not getting a soul. Jim didn't Jim didn't face just death. No. 
Jim uh, was where? forced into the role. I mean, a lot of about she said earlier that you know Jim faced this threat and it came online. That wasn't true. It wasn't just a threat of his own death. He watched the other members of his team die, and then he was brought into this primitive tribe, and there was the the energy from the temple, and mm-hmm. he was coaxed into a role by in. Inchata, is that how you say his name? To Inchaka, protect Inchaka, to protect that tribe. And you could even say that in then Inchaka woke the sentinel up in Jim. He could have. I mean, you know, we we there's a lot of that time period that is complete blank. For all we know, they took him to you know the temple of the sentinel. You know, gave him a bit of a dip, and he came out the other side. You know, at least partially awake because their sentinel had died and they needed one to protect them yeah and then yeah there was a bomb that was a big threat to the tribe well there is no bigger threat to the tribe than the wraith at least to Jim in that moment, because he hadn't had exposure to gold. If Jim had been in the SGC when when Apophis tried to invade the planet, boom, it would have oh. happened. But see, if you make Jim the catalyst, wherever he is and he's exposed to a planet-wide threat, it would throw open that psionic door and sentinels and guys would wake up. And if it ripples out from him, I mean... You've got the psionic plane being everywhere and nowhere. It touches, you know, what happens, you know, when you're in Pegasus can have ripple effects back on Earth because yeah, it is my head can that the that the universe basically sits in sits in a pool of psionic energy. That the the psionic plane is everywhere and everything. Yeah. Well, you know, they'd also find Caldwell pretty damn quick because you know he'd smell wrong. Oh yeah. I think Jim would probably find Caldwell before they ever got to Pegasus. Oh, yeah. He could probably hear that snake moving around his head. Ew. He, well, actually, you know what it would be? There's another heartbeat there. Yeah, there is. Like, and, insta- and instead hey, of hey, being... Chief, would you look on your laptop... And read all, and just, I mean, you don't have to do, uh, read everything, but could you look for um, um, any situation where male pregnancy was an issue? Because (laughs) Caldwell's got two heartbeats, and that means something's going on, because he's a dude. (laughs) And I want to know before we start touching anything. (laughs) I mean... And Blair would be like, "Hey, Daniel, can are there dudes getting pregnant?" And Daniel going, "Well, I'm... it's iffy. Why? <laughs> Caldwell's got two heartbeats, and Jim thinks he's pregnant, but he's never, Jilly. He's never smelled gold. Yeah, he wouldn't know what he was smelling. He would just smell something, and it would be off. Yeah." The, J- the Jaffa are incubators. So technically. the the Yeah, Blair could be the catalyst. But 
I, you know, often in fandom, um, Blair is the catalyst. So I think it'd be really interesting if Jim was. If Jim's, because of Jim's relationship, past relationship within, within Chaka and his role as the protector of the great city, which you could even say in this particular story that in, in, in Chaka did not mean Cascade. That he always meant Atlantis. Mm. You know, it could be, it could be a combination of meeting the Gould or not Gould, but meeting the Wraith and being threatened by them, and you know, realizing the threat to the tribe, but also a more personal threat in some ways to Blair. And see, because Jim has his abilities as a sentinel, but Blair in canon doesn't have any extra special abilities beyond his intellect, which is awesome. That everything he can do for Jim, he learned. He and he hasn't been given any gifts from the psionic plane. He's been he's been spending decades keeping Jim alive and functional without any kind of empathic ability. Right? And mm -hmm. so when Jim is exposed to a wraith, he throws that door open. And guides come online too. And Blair comes into the gifts he should have had from the very beginning. And he's he's not gonna he's gonna grab those those skills, you know, with, with both hands and, and hold tight because it means that he'll be able to help his his sentinel that much better. And he's always wanted it. Mm-hmm. He's always wanted it, but it was beyond his reach. You know, and Phoenix, um, kiss my butt. Because uh, this idea is is mine, you assholes. Don't go taking it and writing it. Um, but also kiss my butt. Because I, I, I told, I've been telling myself for years I wasn't going to write any more Jim and Blair straight up <laughs> fiction. And you fucked me. And you didn't even give me a reach around. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I mean, because that would be really interesting to have. And, and you know, the, the great part is, is that Jim was always like completely not interested in any of that spiritual voodoo mumbo shit, mumbo jumbo shit. And then for him to be the catalyst of a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo shit amuses the fuck out of me. You know, I think it'd end up amusing the fuck out of uh, Blair, too. Uh, yeah. It'd be hilarious. You know, we've been together X, Y, Z number of years. You've always complained about my, you know, about the mumbo jumbo stuff that we do. You know, you've, you've, you've teased me about being a shaman and, you know, for, for however many decades and look at you. Look what you did. Look at you, the Pied Piper of Sentinels leading them out into the world. Yeah, I mean, you know, but also after after having been together so many years, I think that while Blair might find it amusing, he would also seek immediately to to set Jim to rights. Yeah. 
I'm not going to disagree with that, but you know, um, when, when Jim's sitting there and just, I can't believe it. I, why me? What is, what in the world? I'm not the mumbo jumbo person, blah, blah, blah. You are today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, honey, looks like you are today. Yeah. Does that mean you don't want me to be your guide? (laughs) And there, there leads to bonding sex. Or just sex. Or just sex. But um, I, yeah, I mean, I think it would be really interesting, you know, that because they, I don't think they really know what would be what was happening at first, and they have to bring Jim back through the gate, and they're gonna have to explain to their new leader why their husbands in in a, in a near <laughs> catastrophic state because they took him off world, maybe to meet the Athosians, and Blair didn't go with them. And why would he? Because Jim's been steady for decades. Mm-hmm. They haven't had any problems. They haven't had any issues. He's been through the gate a couple times. No big deal. Everything is kosher. That's hilarious, Dark. Look, Jim, you just midwatched an entire new evolution of human consciousness into the universe with your psychic powers and presence. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it has to be Jim. That's why. Phenomenal psychic powers. (laughs) Itsy bitsy little living space. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't get that, go to bed. You're up too late. (laughs) Isn't it Whataburger or whatever that he was always jonesing for and never got? Yeah. 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 But yeah, so it would be really, it would be, it would be really interesting. Um, But then, you know, you could also take this idea in that, you know, Jim and Blair are in the SGC and the first time, you know, um, when um, Apophis shows up in orbit, shit gets real. That's a long time ago. Right. If you wanted to write SG, if, uh, SG-1 fix, that, that's where you would go. Boom, something all over the place. Yeah, that would that would be really early in their in their um, in that show because that's season end of season one, season two. Mm-hmm. Well, those of you who are Jack Daniel shippers, this would be an excellent time for well, Jack and Daniel to come online together as Sentinel and Guide. I mean, it would be like there would be some some tension because you know. Daniel's still got a wife out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And we also have the the added joy, because this is um, end of season one, start of season two. And we also have the pro- the thing with uh, Sam getting uh, Joel and our Melkshore. Mm-hmm. Which she would not be able to hide from Jack. No. And then there's the... Or Jim. No. And then there's the oh-so-lovely um, time with... What the hell is her name? The... Linnea. Mm. Which is the next episode in line. Poppy Grande. I think in that case, Poppy Grande could actually be the catalyst for for Earth being overrun with Sentinels. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be really interesting. 
And to because your options I write the sitting on guys are known, but I never written the birth of that concept, like how it happened, why sitting on guys are known, where they you know what caused all these sitting on guys to come online. Um, and in fact, most people don't talk about the events that, that led there. They're, they're just online. Everybody, you know, there's there, there's a whole bunch of Sentinels and Guides, Prides, and Packs, and, and they never really talk about how it happened or why. That would be a hell of an onlining because, you know, um, it would, it would be, be hellish difficult to hide the SGC from the Prides regardless of when you do it. Yeah. Anytime Sentinels and Guides are online, the, the big secret is a problem. Whether it's the SGC or whether it's magic, Harry Potter magic, or, uh, you know, I mean, even werewolves. uh, Uh Anytime you have a bunch of Sentinels and Guides online, the big secret becomes a problem that you have to lampshade. Well, you put it in because, you know, they, they, they learn very early on not to discuss what they hear. So there is that, but what I was thinking is, you know, if, if you have Papa Grandi being the, the, um, catalyst here and, you know, that's end of season one, start of season two and Jim losing his ever living shit in cascade and everything rippling out from there. Because what if Jim had sensed, what if just, Poppy Grande showing up in orbit was enough to send a ripple out through the psionic plane and sentinels and guides woke up woke up everywhere on earth in response that'd be a lot of sentinels and guides yeah I mean yeah yeah, Blair, Blair would definitely have to do that press briefing, but it would be an entirely different kind of press briefing. Yeah, but look at um, what Dirk wrote. Set was in the Pacific Northwest. Pacific Northwest. What if he felt him and that was the trigger? I, you know, it depends. I mean, do you consider Set a biggest threat as Poppy Grande popping into no. the atmosphere of Earth with a fucking mothership? No, if he, for the most part, he was quiet. He stayed under the radar. Yeah, he he had uh, people with him who were, you know. Yeah, I mean, he his... was just a run-of-the-mill cult leader, really. I yeah. mean, he was terrible in his own way, but I don't think he was the threat. I don't think he was ever going to be the threat that Poppy Grande was. No, so I'm I'm pretty sure for that, you know, you could count him as, um. For the most part, he stayed on the side of law and order and didn't um, didn't step outside of that. And so there was no reason for them to go after him. But crossover, it could be that if you you can round a little one off where the SGC goes to take care of it. And Jim already did. He might not know what he was, but he wasn't normal. So he had to go. <laughs> Oh God! It, do you remember if there was? I think there was a lake or something, or or you know, pretty decent camping fishing area good, uh, nearby. Hmm. He was in the woods. Yeah. 
I mean, somebody ambitious could really just start with like season two of SG one and have that explosion of Sentinels and guides and tell an, an epic series. That's not my series, but it could be somebody's. Mm -hmm. Somebody that I'm currently talking to right now. Oh, really? <laughs> who who has a uh, well you have a really good grasp of SG1 canon. True. I'm just saying it would be a really good series for you. Yeah, probably. I think Jilly's saying that she doesn't want to get involved with this one. We need to get well, Jilly involved with this. No, I mean, you know, uh, SG1 isn't her bailiwick either. And really, it's not mine. I mean, mm -hmm. I am much more comfortable in SGA. I'm just thinking that this would be a really good series for you, a, a, a long-term, ongoing one. True. You know, but that you I'm could just, do little episodes for. True, but I'm also yanking Jilly's chain. So, oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> She's not letting us have any fun. Lord, that thing would ha I mean, the ripples out. It would be great. The the level of epic and insane and, you know, who would... Who would, who would get touched by this? Because for all the fact that the Sentinel, it has, it has this, a fairly rich amount of canon. It was very contained. It was Cascade and, and a little bit of, you know, South America, but for the most part, it was in Cascade. I know and who I, to blame for Teen Wolf. Yeah, that would be as player. I remember. Oh, okay. Claire's the one that wrote that story. It's Claire's fault. Okay, did I miss something here? Claire wrote two stories. One where Claudia was a tree. Oh, yes. Yes. But she also wrote that other one with the zombies. And Okay, yeah, it's Claire's fault. Is it the same story? It's Claire's fault. <laughs> it's Claire's fault that Julie fell into the Teen Wolf fandom. <laughs> Head first and diving deeper. I know exactly who to blame for that. Because she kind of sucked me in too. That's why I have a Teen Wolf in progress right now. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, I've got that little one with, with Loki. Yeah. Yeah. See? It's Claire's fault. Yeah. Um, but what I was trying to say is, you know, that the, the, um, the Sentinel, because it's in Cascade, the ripple, I mean, if, if you, since the psionic plane is everywhere, nowhere, and, and anywhere, basically, you know, once that, that, once Jim flings open the door, you're going to have people all over the planet reacting, probably at the same instant. The planet? Don't you mean the galaxy? The universe? Yeah. Okay. I mean, because all the humans in the Milky Way, per SG-1 canon, 
are mm-hmm. out there because Ra took them and they spread yes. out across the planets because of the Ga'ul using them as slaves and they trans. So not only would Sentinels and guys be coming online on Earth, they'd also be coming online in the midst of Jaffa worlds. I mean, any world that has human DNA. Mm-hmm. If the Sentinels and Guides came from Earth, then all of the humans in the galaxy oh have the potential God. to be Sentinels and Guides. They would come on everywhere. Yeah. And in that respect, because Poppy Grande decided he wanted to sit in orbit above Earth, he caused the destruction of his species. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. The system lords wouldn't last a day. Because how many sentinels and guys would come online among the Jaffa ranks and how many of them would go fucking feral over their condition? Mm. There would be a lot of dead Jaffa. And there would be a lot of dead Gaul. Mm-hmm. It'd be a revolution. A very bloody one. And all because Poppy Grande couldn't stay his ass at home. I'm just saying. You know, here's something else. What if basically there's been one sentinel online on Earth at a time since Ra left? Just one. Yeah. He's not he's not always a he or she they're not always, you know, stirring up any trouble. They're sometimes live very quiet lives. Like and... a literal watchman, Melody just said. Yes, and mm-hmm. that's... <laughs> a time, more like a time bomb. Yeah. Or a pressure valve. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. So if there's one, if there's one watchman, there's one sentinel on Earth, and Jim... And Blair don't know that. And Jim and Blair take their asses off to Pegasus. Well, that's that we we just skipped from one uh, universe or one one idea to another because what I'm thinking is if there's only been that one and Papa Grande parks himself in orbit and you know or or just inside the atmosphere, which is what he would need to do so that way something could be transmitted because he can't transmit from in a vacuum. I'm sorry. I'm going to at least science that. Um, well, we get transmissions from Mars. Yeah, we get radio transmissions from Mars. Okay. We don't get, you know, something that says something alien is, is in our atmosphere. Okay. And so I'm thinking that, you know, if he was just inside the atmosphere. Worst hashtag ever boo. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's probably my fault, too. But it is your fault. Or that ever. one's a fault. Um, anyhow. But, you know, somehow, someway, Jim, Jim senses Papa Grande. And instead of the, the, the mild little keyhole that he's got that's, you know, what's making him a sentinel, he basically kicks that, that door open and everything comes screaming out. And all the sentinels on Earth and all the sentinels and guides on Earth wake up. Okay. At that point, or, or well, not on Earth, pardon me, on in the galaxy, wake up and you have death, destruction, 
blood, guts, gore, whatever. And, you know, no more Gould. But there's also other implications for this. Mm -hmm. If all these Sentinels and Guides come on all over Earth, everything grinds to a halt. Oh, yeah. Because... I mean, like, just everything would grind to a halt. I mean, even, like, war would be, like, we don't know what's going on. We can't actually trust our soldiers in the field. We need to back up, take a little check here, because um, you piss off the wrong guy, and he's going to kill not everybody within his reach. So we need to take a step back and figure out what, what the hell's going on. There would be a lot of... There would be a lot of... And this could be why no one's ever wrote it. Because it seems overwhelming. Yeah. Oh, man. This would be a big thing. I mean, I I will fully admit that when season two of Sentinel Atlanta starts, it will be six months to a year after The Awakening. Because I don't want to deal with the consequences (laughs) of all those Sentinels coming online. I don't blame you. Um... Yeah, the timeline for the Sentinel and, SG- and the uh, uh, SG-1 are actually very good. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to what you were doing, where you had um, you know, Jim and Blair, and they still have the keyhole, and they leave Earth, okay, and they take that keyhole with them. Is it just the one in all the, the universe? And that's well, no, the only pressure valve, or is it just on Earth? I think it, well, Jilly's thing is that he was just on Earth, that he was the watchman, basically. He, there's just one. There's always just one mm-hmm. online, um, which could explain why Jim came online to begin with, because that village, there's, they had a sentinel and he died. Right. And, and maybe the sentinel had always been in that village, always, proximity to the temple. And then Jim came online as, and Jim was closest to the to that when the other sentinel died and he came online as the sentinel. Oh. And you know what if you go looking back in the history of that area, you know, one of the the people who had been the sentinel might have been a, a conquistador. So the sentinel was always there. And they then were always there. Jim came online. But if Jim leaves Earth that means the Earth no longer has a Sentinel, which stands to reason that someone else would come online. And if it's proximity to the temple, then it would probably be somebody in that area. Oh. Unless it was proximity to Jim. Let me check something. I just wondered something. Jilly's poking a tiger in the chat room. This is... <laughs> That's actually what I was looking for. Because Daniel on vacation down there. Yeah, what I'm actually looking for and is it this one? There's the one where Daniel and um, his buddy go down to South America. The Crystal Skull thing. No. This must have been season like four. No, it can't be. I don't know. It's it's the Cull Warrior thing. Yeah. Do you remember that one? That's where they actually end up picking up Hathor, isn't it? No. 
she was she was from that general area. Um. Well, the thing is, is if Jim and Blair are going to Atlantis, I can't go that back far. And if yeah, she I know, yeah. Um. But you can stick whoever you wanted down there. I mean, maybe it's Jack and Daniel checking it out after he'd been. Um, uh, maybe it's SG One goes down there after having a conversation with Jim and Blair, who were going to Atlantis. Um, or maybe Daniel and Cameron go. Daniel and Cameron go down after, um, you know, checking and see if this is ancient tech or or is it something else, and and. You know, at that point. Oh, um, oh, it could be just an SG team and Evan Lorne is on Atlantis. Never mind. Um, Daniel and Vala because of the prison bracelets of marriage. <laughs> that works for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome if she was the Sentinel? It actually makes a hell of a lot of sense. Because she's certainly got the attitude for it. And they figure it out because, okay, so Jim left and now Val is a sentinel. And she's like, wait, you mean I have to stay here? <laughs> mm -hmm. You have to keep me? This is now my home? This is my world? <laughs> and they're all like, yeah. shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we, we, we have to keep her. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, okay. So Stop touching my guy. This is my guy. <laughs> Stop touching him. So here's the thing. The, the Cull Warrior thing where Daniel goes down south to find some, some assistance to help fix the Cull Warrior thing... That was um, season seven. It was evolution part one and two. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what happens if they go down there, they find this stuff for the call warrior, but you know, one of the things they, they, they notice while they're down there is there's something else down there and you know, stuff happens and they can't quite get to it. And you know, that's the setup. They, they, they're going over everything and, Oh yeah. Do you remember this? Let's go check this out. Maybe Blair mentions the Temple of the Sentinels and he's uh -huh. talking about the general area. And then he goes, you know what? Yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh -huh. And and Blair's kind of surprised that Daniel saw it because the temple doesn't really reveal itself to many people. That it kind of hides. That only certain people can see the Temple of the Sentinels. And... That gets Blair, that, that gets, you know, Daniel curious. And then Vala comes along and slaps that bracelet on him. So now, you know, he's like, well, we're going to South America. We're not going to, yeah, that's where we're going. They never say who built the Temple of the Sentinel. No, they don't. But I imagine it was an ancient Sentinel guy pair. They probably found that pool of psionic energy, or whatever you want to call that pool, and they built the temple around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as fun as that whole alien thing is, it's also not cute. 
I mean, it's funny to say, um, but really to take away from ancient civilizations and say, and most often ancient civilizations of color and say that, you know, aliens must have done it because they couldn't have possibly have done it um, is, is terrible. <laughs> well, good night, the Margaret. I hope you have a good sleep. Night, night. You know, it's really depressing that... Um... I mean, the only thing worse, I think, than whitewashing history is alien washing history. True. If white people didn't do it, aliens must have. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's the that that's basically the argument that they're making, and, it, and it's ugly. It's it's deeply ugly. Well, Henry Ford was definitely an alien. You know, it would be interesting, actually. What you could take, you know, you could take the concept of the uh, of the Temple of the Sentinels and mm -hmm. stick it almost. You could stick a Sentinel mythology in any in any fandom. Would it have been really interesting that if during the events of the Mummy, Rick O'Connell came online as a Sentinel? You know that poor bastard with all of those scarabs, because that noise just. Actually, Jillian, did I bunny you? Did I bunny you? I hope so. Uh, I really want to read that, Riel. Riel. You know, I just figured out what Jilly's keyboard sounded like. I told you it's all a little chittering alien on signs. It's not. It's not chittering alien. It sounds like those bloody scarabs from from. Oh. <laughs> Scarabs from the mummy. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not sorry, Dirk. Sorry. Not really. <laughs> That's ugly. But funny. <laughs> yeah, well, that's our friendship. Nuke them from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. That would be another interesting time for somebody to come on as a oh. sentinel. Yeah, and you know who the sentinel would be? Ripley? Yes. Because what? <laughs> who else would be the fucking sentinel but Ripley? Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I ever read a sentinel alien crossover and Ripley wasn't the sentinel, I'd be I'd probably send my first ever hate email to an author. Like, how fucking dare you? <laughs> Hicks is definitely a guide, yeah. Hicks is so laid back and calm that he slept through the drop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No worries on that man. He's just gonna, you know, enjoy the ride. You know, he's the type of guy who would get on a roller coaster and, you know, just have his arms in the air as, you know, they're getting flung around the thing and just be smiling because everything is just lovely. Oh, God. Yeah. Someone just flop bunnied me. Oh, my God. You fucking assholes. Like, I needed that. Like, I have room for that. I have a hundred plus fucking works in progress. I did not have room for this plot bunny. I don't care. I know you don't, you heifer. <laughs> Moo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one of you assholes said it. Let me, let me scroll back up. And I mean that with all, all affection, Tamara. 
You little asshole. That's the second time tonight, isn't it? That she's fucking plot bunnied me? Mm -hmm. Who did it? Who did it the first time? Phoenix did it the first time. Phoenix did it the first time, and now it's Tamara. You said nukes over Manhattan. Oh, and my yeah. thought first, but my thought was Tony Stark. Mm hmm. What if that nuke heading towards Manhattan made Tony Stark come online as a sentinel? Oh my God. Because I've seen him written as a guide. Mm -hmm. But not as a sentinel. Uh -huh. and no, no, no. We have one. Who? Jilly. No, she wrote a guide. No, she wrote a sentinel. She wrote both, actually. Oh. The other one was the, in, in the Malibu. Yes. See, my see, my favorite of that was the New York one. Mine too. I, mean, I read the Malibu one, but enjoyed it. New York was my favorite. But what if the nuclear weapon did make him come online? Ooh. You know, I think he would hunt the, uh, the the World Security Council for sport. Who is his guide? <laughs> oh, man. Ah, Julie is leaving us. Oh. Sin for the man was the one where Sentinel, where where Tony was the Sentinel, right? Because Alex is that Uber guide that uh -huh. no one's quite prepared for. I remember that now, right? But for some reason, I thought I was conflating the two together and thought they were the same. No. I have the worst memory, you guys. Well, it's not going to be Roddy. I don't think. I just muted myself by accident. Yeah. I don't think Rhodey would be the one because um, no. I don't consider it a. Um, I don't write platonic sentinel guide pairs. So I wouldn't write Rhodey as the, as the guide. Nor, and I wouldn't write Pepper because I can't stand Pepper. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know who I'd pick. Hmm. Um, sorry about that. When when I type, I don't talk. That way, I can delete the typing later from the podcast. <laughs> right. Oh, I. You know. Go ahead. I don't know who I'd make this guy, but it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be any of the Avengers. Okay. So I don't know. But I don't know how we got from a new leader to expedition to sitting on guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, we wandered. Yeah, it's Blair's fault. It's Blair's yeah, fault. It's Blair's fault. Which means it's Phoenix's fault. Yep. Okay. Um. <laughs> Arate has the has the line yes the time on here down this, down this path but i do like the idea of of blair being um the 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 the, the leader of atlantis him being tapped for that hmm you know and and 
the only real difference in Blair's timeline that you would do would make sure that that bloody thesis wasn't put out. Yeah, you'd have to. Right. So, you know, he may have written something in the long run because, you know, it's easier to, to be able to look up something if you every, if you've got everything down on paper um, or ones and zeros, but he's in no way, shape or form um, would have let his mother near his stuff. No, no, no. I think, but I, but honestly, I think if um, that kind of relationship would have happened pretty early on, I don't think Blair would have even gotten to the writing stage with with mm -hmm. Jim because he'd have been like he he's really honestly four or five episodes into that series Blair was actually too compromised to write mm -hmm. a dissertation on Jim Ellison right the conflict of interest was huge already he had mm -hmm. no business writing that dissertation sometimes a terrible mother i think she's pretty much always a terrible mother I think Naomi was so much more interested in being Blair's friend th than being his parent. And that couldn't be more clear by the fact that she basically tossed him at college and walked away when he was very young. And that's not, yeah, he was like 12. Yeah, 12. That's not the actions of a responsible parent. Well, I thought he was 16. When he, when he entered college? Uh-huh. No. But even then, you know, 16, who mm -hmm. walks off and, and crosses the country while they're 16-year-olds in college? No. Yeah. <sighs> she never wanted... Motherhood was not in her genetics, let's put it that way. Yeah... And Blair's attachment issues are obvious. And he got those attachment issues because of his mother. Because she might have been able to detach with love, but Blair couldn't. No, he never did. <laughs> Blair's a vine. <laughs> yeah, he's all wrapped up in it. I'm going nowhere. <laughs> Hold still. Quit wiggling. <laughs> Stop fighting it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't need a lot of room. <laughs> right. I'll sleep with the cupboard under the stairs. Oh, God. Yeah, that. That. Anyways. Um. I think we've exhausted this idea pretty much. And mm -hmm. honestly, I had to go to the little girl's room. So <laughs> we're going to end the podcast right here. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it and got yep. some inspiration. Don't write yeah. my idea. Don't write hers either. Don't write our ideas. Don't steal our ideas. Yes. Let, let us have a chance to play with it. It may take us some time, but we'll, we'll end up playing with this. <laughs> So you guys be um, be awesome uh, in the in the words of Bill and Ted. Be excellent to each other. Yes. Say good night, Lady Holder. Good night. Good night.